Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. First, tomorrow night, as we all know, is New Year's Eve. And for a lot of us, it is a time of fun and, for some, drunken debauchery. But for radical Islamic terrorists, it is an opportunity. Went to a welcome in terrorism expert, Dr. Alex Del Carmen. And, sir, very much appreciate you being with us here on The Drive in Five. And while everybody is getting ready for tomorrow night, security agencies are also gearing up to keep Americans safe. And all across America, there are, as you know, sir, soft targets everywhere. We saw what happened in France and Germany in the last year with the truck attacks. How worried are you for our safety this weekend? Well, thanks. Uh, first and foremost, thanks for having me on the show there, Dan. And as far as uh, security is concerned, I think all of us are concerned with what happens tomorrow night and, more importantly, what happens in 2017. Um, anyone in the security industry that actually tells you that we're all safe and safer now than we've ever been uh, they really don't understand the complexity of the world and how vulnerable the United States is uh, to an infrastructural attack uh, by ISIS or any other uh, terrorist organization. So to answer your question, I continue to be worried about our safety. Well, it's interesting, too. You, you just said that there are some that will say that we're safer now than we were in, you know, 2001, 2002, whatever it is. And as you said, anybody who thinks that we are safer, as you said, simply does not understand the threats. I mean, these days we have had 12 people that were killed in Germany with a simple truck rental or uh, truck theft, I should say. So you're right. I mean, there, there are very simple things that are happening that are leading to the deaths of people. And so when we talk about how can the authorities keep us safe, there are, as I was just getting at, so many different ways uh, to attack a large crowd in a relatively small area, from vehicle attacks to explosives and backpacks to even drones strapped with explosives. It has to be tough for authorities and for law enforcement to to prepare and to prepare for every single scenario that's right and I think what you know most people sadly do not understand is that law enforcement you know our law enforcement in the United States you know is the best in the world there's no question that we have the absolute experts of experts when it comes to security and they do a great job of keeping us safe and for the most part you never hear about those instances where they get it right and they simply apprehend the bad guy or are able to gather intelligence that prevents and foils an attack uh, coming to U.S. soil. Sometimes we hear about him, sometimes we talk about him, but for the most part, these are the unsung heroes that we seldom hear, the good stories that, that they have to tell and we never learn about it. However, you know, the job is incredibly complex. If you look at what how vulnerable we are, you look at a biochemical attack. You look at a, the possibility of somebody doing the, something as simple as renting a truck and driving it into a massive crowd. You look at, for instance, poisoning the, 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 the water wells, uh, looking at poisoning the food that we consume. Uh, you know, the threat is vast, and terrorists, unfortunately, you know, have a wild imagination, and, and the capability that they have is, is, as we've seen in the past couple of years, um, is widespread all over the world, not only on U.S. soil. Let me ask you a question, because you've just rattled off a number of different things that are all obviously very worrisome to those of us who watch these things on a daily basis, as you do. 
I guess what concerns me about radical Islamic terrorism and the world of terror is that you just said you're talking about biochemical attacks and you're talking about poisoning food and these kinds of things and water wells and so forth. And those are all very real possibilities. But when we're in a situation where, like we saw in Germany, a guy is simply able to steal a truck and run over a bunch of people, it's almost like we can't even get the basics right as far as keeping a crowd safe. I mean, there were conversations about should we put up these concrete barriers around these Christmas markets in Berlin? And they said, well, no, let's not do that because we don't want to make it look like these are fortresses. And so it seems to me anyway that what we're doing and not only us here in America but across the world is they're refusing to look realistically at the world of terror and the threats that are uh, everywhere around us. Yeah I think you know if you look back at our history as a nation uh, we've always had that pendulum where we we have to make a decision are we willing to give up some of our comfort and some of the things that we like to have in our free society uh, for the sake of being safe and feeling safe. And so we have to be able to always, every generation and every group of people in this country for the, for the past 200 plus years have always been faced with the same type of question. Perhaps a different threat, but the same type of question. Are we willing to, to let go of the cosmetic beauty of some of these events for the sake of being protected? Or are we, or are we simply going to, you know, assume that uh, perhaps nothing's going to happen and still have a beautiful event uh, and at the same time run the risk of, of being harmed or in some cases being killed. If you look back, that's always been the question. And, and we have to answer that in a very sincere manner as people in the United States if we're willing to fight terrorism on our soil. I hate to coin a well-worn phrase, but it does apply here. It does take a village to keep us all safe. Uh, it would appear police are asking that truck rental companies report any suspicious interactions. Could that overwhelm the authorities with too much input from the public? Is there such a thing as too much input from the public? Sure, and not only that, that what exactly does it mean to be suspicious and renting a truck? I mean, does it mean that you're looking for someone that is not from here? Uh, somebody that is not from the United States, someone, I mean, people don't exactly wear a T-shirt that says, I'm from ISIS, and I'm here to bomb or, or kill people, right? So, so when it says, when it comes to suspicion, I'm not exactly sure what that means, although I understand the message and the importance of being involved proactively in preventing a terrorist attack. Uh, you know, the instructions are somewhat vague. And so at the end of the day, it comes down to the capability that law enforcement has in order to be able to prevent an attack. And they think of a, a thousand different things that you and I uh, perhaps don't even think about on a daily basis as to how to prevent an attack. They gather intelligence. They go through the Internet. They look at social media. They gather human intelligence from individuals that may pose a threat to the United States. And they put all of that together. They develop a command center post where they're able to logistically plan the event ahead of time. They look at weather patterns. I mean, just about everything that can possibly happen is thought through. But that doesn't mean that we'll ever be 100% protected. There's always going to be that vulnerability where if you have someone willing to die for their ideology and they have the ability of doing it with a rather low cost uh, you know, low consumption type of event, they will do it. And so, so, and, and sometimes you have inspired people, people that are inspired through the internet to follow this, this very, uh, you know, twisted ISIS ideology that if they get behind a U-Haul or they get inside of their own truck, 
uh, they're able to then uh, be inspired by this by this evil ideology to cause uh, the human loss of life on our U.S. soil. It's very concerning because every single individual could be a, absolutely a potential terrorist if given the yeah, right it, the, the right the right uh, reasons to do so. Yeah, and the truth of the matter is, and we know that in Germany the uh, the truck was stolen; it wasn't rented. Uh, I know that ISIS has been calling for attacks in the West. This has been going on for a long time now, but it seems like there are perpetual uh, calls for attack. How many tips do you think the authorities are dealing with right now, leading into New Year's Eve? I mean, it, it has to be thousands. It, it, at least, at least thousands. I mean, it's hard to tell, and we'll never know. But the reality is that many people across the country, and rightly so. I mean, I would encourage anyone that you know faces something or sees something that does not fit a, a certain you know logistical profile to call law enforcement, because law enforcement eventually will learn about the bad guys through the public, and so so they need the public's help in order to be able to do that. But I would estimate that it's in the thousands right now where law enforcement across the U.S. is being tipped off uh, one way or another about these potential threats. It seems like, you know, we have these major events and nothing happens, but then we see these attacks on a smaller scale, like we saw on the Christmas market in Germany, or say, for example, what we saw at the University of Ohio. Is it safe to say, simply put, that where there is a will to kill innocent people, there is always going to be a way? I think you, you pretty much answered that a, a bit earlier, right? Absolutely, and, and, I, and that is the hardest part, which is that we are not willing to die in some cases because of what we believe in, but they are. And so at the end of the day, their lives are viewed upon as that of martyrs. They're willing to do whatever it takes. And they and think about our vulnerabilities every single day, not, not only on, on New Year's Eve, but every single day, and, and how easily it would be for them to do that. Here in Washington, we have a D.C. big night, and we're talking about thousands of people, multiple dance floors, 15 different areas. It is a huge undertaking. Uh, give folks an idea as to uh, how these areas can possibly be kept safe. So, you know, there, there are uh, different levels of control. I mean, I'll speak generally because obviously the last thing we want to do is tip off the bad guy as to the sure. things that we're doing specifically. But I can tell you that for the most part, what we do is we look at the aerial a component. We secure the airspace. We look at the vulnerabilities, to say, of a parade route as to where the parade would go. Uh, we look at high buildings. We look at the possibility of snipers. We look at the, you know, under underground, uh, you know, components, whether or not a bomb could be placed uh, somewhere underground in order to explode it while the parade is going on. We look at the individuals that are going to be part of the entertainment component uh, to ensure that, you know, unlike what happened in, in uh in, uh, in uh, a, few, a few weeks ago where the ambassador uh, of Russia was actually killed in Turkey, that law enforcement itself doesn't have someone who is simply following a different ideology. So we look at those that are securing us. We look at those that are entertaining us. We look at those individuals that participate in the event. We look at those individuals that are doing business in the area at the time. So, so it is a massive operation that literally takes thousands of very skilled people in different layers working at the same time before the event takes place and during the event, obviously, from the beginning to the end.
You know, we all know that these threats are global, especially in places like Germany, where ISIS has said they intend to take advantage of the sexual assaults that we saw in Cologne last year to distract police away from a larger terror attack. We also saw a major terror attack foiled in Australia and yet another one in Indonesia. Is it safe to say, uh, sir, that there are no real safe places to celebrate this year globally? Well, you know, we, we criminologists argue that safety uh, to a large extent depends on the lifestyle in which you lead, right? But, but at the same time, you know, and safety is obviously a relative concept, you know, what does it mean to be safe, right? But I will tell you that as far as being the subject of a terrorist attack, I would argue that for the most part, next year, uh, tomorrow will be a relatively safe, uh, you know, uh, it will be relatively safe for you to go to your, you know, uh, municipality or to go to your town square and participate in an event, including that of, of, uh, of, of New York City, which we know that New York Police Department has one of the best law enforcement, uh, you know, scenarios in the world, and their capabilities are, are quite vast. But at the same time, you know, that doesn't guarantee us that by attending these events, we will simply be safe uh, the entire time. So, so I think that, you know, as far as safety from terrorism, I think it's very low. I mean, the, the risk is very low of us being the, the victims of terrorism. But at the same time, it doesn't mean that we'll ever be 100 percent secure and safe unless you stay at home and watch it on TV. Hey, last question here, and appreciate you being here with us today, sir. Um, we have a new president coming in, obviously, January 20th, 2017. And what does he need to do differently than what we've seen in the last years, uh, eight years of Barack Obama? What does Donald Trump need to do to perhaps more effectively combat radical Islamic terrorism? So first of all, I think that, that the new president is going to be tested by terrorists uh, in terms of what he's willing to do or not willing to do, as most of our new presidents are, uh, whether on you know on the homeland or or uh, overseas. And as far as doing something differently, I think he has a vast you know ability of being able to get folks uh, on the ta- uh, to the table to have a conversation. But I will tell you that in all reality, the most important thing that he can do is setting the tone overseas uh, to let folks know that we will not tolerate, that we will not allow our American people to be hurt, whether here, at home, or overseas. I think setting that tone is crucially important for the new president uh, in order to establish the credibility of the United States overseas that, that is required. Great analysis, Dr. Alex Del Carmen. Thank you very much for being with us here on The Drive at 5. It is 520 on 105.9 FM. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.